All right, would you bow in prayer from, with me this morning? Lord, we do need you this morning. And Lord, we thank you for the opportunity that we have to come and worship in your house and sing praises to you. And Lord, we thank you for being such a great God that cares about us and loves us and died on a cross to save us from our sin and rose again on the third day. Lord, you're such a great God. So this morning, Lord, we admit we need you and we pray, Lord, as we look at your word this morning, that you'll speak to our hearts from it because we know your word is powerful. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you. You can be seated. We will continue the study that we have in the book of uh, Matthew, Enter the King, as we head toward Easter. And let me just remind you, you probably received a bulletin this morning. Let me just quickly tell you the things that's coming up because Easter's in two weeks. It's going to be here before we know it. And uh, on the Thursday before Easter, we're having a, an outdoor dinner together and communion out on the football field. We would like for you to register for that. And you can go online and just, it's really simple. Uh, you just a few clicks, you're there. So if you would go online and register for that on Thursday night, on Friday morning, we're going to have a prayer time from like 6.30 to 1.30. It's come and go. So you could come before work if you can make that or during the day, however you'd like to come. But it's come and go here to the auditorium. And uh, it's just a time when it's come and pray uh, during that Easter season. And then on Saturday, we're doing something fun for the kids as an outreach also in our community. We're having a big Easter egg hunt from about 10 in the morning till noon. And uh, we still need some more people to help us with that. Uh, you might've got a little blue card today. If you could help us with that, that would be a great blessing because it's gonna take a lot of people to, to, to pull that off. So some of you's already signed up to help. If you haven't and you can help us, would you sign up for that? You can do that online or you can do that with a blue card. You could put it in the offering box or give it to one of the pastoral staff this morning. And that would be great. And then on Sunday, we've got two things. We've got our, our sunrise service at 7 a.m over at uh, Cully's Funeral Home on Timberlane. Most of you have probably been to one of those before. Uh, that lasts usually 45 minutes to an hour, and then we'll have our 10 a.m. worship service on that Sunday morning. So a lot of things going on for our Easter season, but we're excited about it as we're trying to reach out into our community, all right? So we're, we're praying that we can reach out into our community and, uh, and see some people come to know the Lord as their Savior. So we're gonna be in Matthew chapter 23, all right? If you're looking in your Bible or if you're high tech and looking on your phone, all right? So that'll be uh, Matthew chapter 23. We're gonna read the first 15 verses this morning. I know that's a lot of verses to read, but it's gonna give us our background for what we're gonna talk about today. One of the things about Jesus is, when he was on the earth, he never stopped teaching or training his disciples or the followers all the way till he ascended up into heaven. And uh, here today, we're gonna see one of those times in Matthew 23, where he's talking to his disciples and he's talking to a, a crowd that's gathered, those that are following, still following at this time, and he's gonna give them some direction for their life. And that's what we're gonna look at today. He invites them to be humble and he invites them to be a servant. So let's look at Matthew chapter 23 and let's start reading in verse one and just follow along as I read verses one through 15. Then Jesus said to the crowd and to his disciples, the scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat so do and observe whatever they tell you, but not the works they do. For they preach, but do not practice. They tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to move them with their finger. They do all their deeds to be seen by others, for they made their phylacteries broad and their fringes long. 
And they loved the place of honor at feasts and the best seats in the synagogues and greetings in the marketplaces and being called rabbi by others. Notice what Jesus says here. But you are not to be called rabbi for you have one teacher and you are all brothers and call no man your father on earth for you have, inst- for you have our one father who is in heaven. Neither be called instructors for you have one instructor, the Christ. Now notice what he says. The greatest among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. For you neither enter yourselves nor allow those who would enter to go in. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you travel across sea and land to make a single proselyte. And when he becomes a proselyte, you make him twice as much a child of hell as yourselves. Jesus doesn't pull any punches, does he? (laughs) Man, he's talking very strong to these people and he's talking about the scribes and the Pharisees and he doesn't back down at all. Um, I want us to, first of all, I want us to look at the Jews and the humility of Jesus. Now in the Jewish culture in that day, being recognized or put in a high position was very important to, the, to people. Uh, the best examples of this are the scribes and the Pharisees that we just read about. Now, the scribes were those who were to expound and study the law. The Pharisees were the religious party. The scribes were the ones of the Pharisees that held offices. Most of the scribes belonged to the Pharisaic party, but not all the Pharisees were scribes. So part of the Pharisees were the scribes who, were, who held the offices. Now the Pharisees, we've probably all heard the term Pharisee or the, the people, the Pharisees. Uh, it's used a lot even today. Uh, the Pharisees, they were the most known of the religious leaders. The word Pharisee actually means separatist because of their holier than thou attitude. But now I've always felt like when somebody says, oh, they're a Pharisee, you automatically think of something negative. But not all Pharisees were bad because even in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 5, the apostle Paul says that he was a Pharisee. He says he was a Pharisee. But mostly when we think of Pharisees, we think of this holier than thou attitude that they carried around with them. Like the apostle Paul before his conversion, the Pharisees used the strictest code of the Jewish religious system. And they looked down on the common people who struggled to fulfill the requirements of the law. So the Pharisees said, look at us, we're here, and all these common people are down here. They, they constantly looked down on them. So these common people many times admired these Pharisees because they felt like, man, they are the ideal people when it comes to following the law. We need to be like them. And therefore the Pharisees had great control over the common people, the common man. So We looked at the Pharisees and we looked at the scribes and then let's look what Jesus does. Jesus comes on the scene and he comes along here in Matthew chapter 23 and he condemns these scribes and he condemns these Pharisees and it's for one thing, he says they're hypocrites. Now, none of us want to be called a hypocrite. No one wants somebody to come up and say, you're just a hypocrite, you know? That's very strong language. It hurts to be called something like that. But Jesus says, I'm going to call you out. This is exactly what you are, scribes and Pharisees. You are hypocrites. You live with hypocrisy. Jesus knew they had great pride in their outward observance of the law, but he said this, but inward, he says, you are like spiritually void. 
Remember, Pastor Fiza said many times recently that Jesus always goes to what? The heart. He always goes to the heart. The heart changes the outside, but the outside sometimes can look good when the inside's rotten. So Jesus always goes to the heart. So the Pharisees took this not too lightly themselves and they're at odds with Jesus. And so they start accusing Jesus of many things. One of the things they said, he's blasphemy. When Jesus told a man that his sins were forgiven, they said, only God can forgive sins. For you to say you can forgive sins, that's blasphemy. Another thing they did, they accused Jesus of being led by the devil when he cast the devil out of a mute man. Doesn't seem even possible for that to be happening, but it was. The Pharisees accused Jesus of breaking the Sabbath when his disciples were picking grain to eat on the Sabbath. And then the Pharisees wanted to kill Jesus when he healed a man <coughs> who had a withered hand because he healed him on the Sabbath. And Jesus said, should we be doing good on the Sabbath or bad on the Sabbath? They couldn't answer the question. Some of the other things that the scribes and the Pharisees rejected <coughs> about Jesus, excuse me, I came prepared this time. <clears throat> At least I'm trying to. <clears throat> One of the, some of the other things <clears throat> that they rejected was they rejected that he was called the son of God because Jesus made the statement, I and the father are one. And they said, that is blasphemy. You're saying you're God. And so they rejected him as the son of God. And then in Matthew chapter 26, when he's called the Messiah, they totally rejected him as the Messiah. They said he is not the Messiah, and they rejected him. And they rejected that he claimed to be able to forgive sins. So they said only God can forgive sins. So today, we're going to look at three things here in this chapter, in Matthew chapter 23. And we're going to pull out three things here about humility that Jesus says and our love and relationship with others. So the first thing we want to do is look at Matthew 23. Let's read verses one through five again. And I want you to see this. Humility is shown by our love for others. Humility is shown by our love for others. Let me read those verses again. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to the disciples, the scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. So do and observe whatever they tell you, but not the works they do. For they preach, but do not practice. They tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, lay them on people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to move them with their finger. They do all their deeds to be seen by others, for they make their phylacteries broad and their fringes long. Jesus gives us the negative demonstration of humility in the scribes and Pharisees. He says, they're anything but humble. They're anything but humble. He says this, they don't practice what they preach. We've all heard that statement before. And he says, they don't practice what they preach. He says, so when they give you the law, do what they say, but don't do what they do because their actions are wrong. He says, they place heavy burdens or commands on people that they do not do themselves, hypocrisy. Someone said this, the opposite of putting burdens on the backs of others through false piety is to bring blessing and freedom through authenticity and transparency. You see, Jesus was transparent all the way. The, the scribes and Pharisees were, were hypocrites 
And so they put these burdens on him. And Jesus says, I've come to give you freedom. I've come to give you peace in your life because he came with blessing for others. So we do not reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ through our pride because we know more. We reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ through our lowliness. Because once again, Jesus goes to the heart of the matter. It wasn't what they believed. It was what they practiced. In verse five, he said, they do their deeds to be seen by others. This word phylacteries, you may have heard of it before. I think I've got a picture here that you can kind of look. It was uh, uh, leather straps that they would wrap. If you were right-handed, you put it on your left hand. If you were left-handed, you put it on your right hand. Had a little box that you put around your head, a little box here, a little box on your arm that had some Old Testament scripture in it. And they did that and they wore that during prayer time. And he said, they make those things really long so they're noticeable. And then he says their fringes on their robes are really long so they're noticeable. In other words, it was all about them being seen. It was all about the outside looking good is what he's saying. In Matthew chapter six and verses one through four, let me read this to you and read this along with me. It says this, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogue and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what the right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. Jesus says, don't do things to be seen, to be known, to draw attention to yourself so that others say, wow, what a great person you are. What a great person you are. He says, that's what the Pharisees and scribes do. But Jesus says this, he says, do it in secret. Do it in secret. In other words, we don't have to tell everybody the things we've done. God knows. So he says, do it in secret and God will reward you. Secondly, let's notice this. Humility is not only shown by our love for others, but humility is shown in our relationship to others. Verses six through 10 in Matthew 23. He says, and they love the place of honor, speaking of the Pharisees and the scribes, they love the place of honor at feasts and the best seats in the synagogues and greetings in the marketplace and being called rabbi by others. But you are not to be called rabbi for you have one teacher and you are all brothers. And call no man your father on earth, for you have one father who is in heaven. Neither be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Christ. In verse 6, he says that these Pharisees, they loved the place of honor at feast. They wanted the best seats in the synagogue. What was the honor? They wanted to be recognized, known, seen, applause given to them, attention drawn to them. It all goes back to their pride. And what's the root of our sin? The root of our sin is, is pride. And he says, these Pharisees do it also that they can be seen. And then they want the best places. They don't take a seat in the back and I'll let you have that seat. No, no, no. They want the best seat in the best place. They want to sit at the head of the table. They want all the things that draws attention onto them. They're the opposite of humility. And then in verses seven and eight, it says, but you are not to be called rabbi. You have a teacher. And then it's interesting, he says this, and you are all brothers. 
And you're not to call no man father on your earth because you have one father and that's the one that's in heaven. And you're not to be called instructors for you have one instructor and that is the Christ. Jesus is not saying don't give people titles or don't call anybody a title. All right. Many of us in here are dad or mom or you might be the boss at work or the coach or the teacher or whatever. The, the list could go on and on. He's not saying they can't be recognized as that. He's saying don't use that as a way to elevate yourself and put other people down because that's what the Pharisees did. When we come to church, what's so awesome about coming to church to worship God is this. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. None of us are here and the rest are here. Mm. We're all brothers and sisters in Christ. We come to worship together. We come to serve together. I'm not above you nor below you. We are in Christ. We are in Christ. We are to have relationships in the body of Christ. So we live our humility by our relationship with God, our relationship with Jesus Christ, and we live our humility in our relationships with others with others, that you and I are brothers and sisters in Christ. And then thirdly here, humility is shown in serving others. Verses 11 and 12, he says, the greatest among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. This type of thinking was so opposite of everything the Pharisees and the scribes lived. That I would put myself last and let you be first. That I would put myself in the place of a servant and I would serve you. It was so opposite because they raised themselves to be expected that you will treat me with honor because of who I am. And you see how I'm dressed and I am to sit at the best places in the synagogue and at the meals and they totally constantly lifted themselves up over and over and over again. And Jesus comes in and he says, you got it completely backwards. Because those that are the greatest are the ones that are serving. Those that exalt themselves, they're going to be humbled one day. And those that humble themselves will be exalted. I think a great example of the disciples struggling themselves. Remember, he's speaking to the disciples and some followers. The disciples seem to struggle with this many times. Uh, one example would be in Matthew chapter 20. James and John, two of the disciples, their mother comes to Jesus, and this is what she says. You almost wonder if James and John said, hey, mom, will you go, will you go say this to Jesus, see if this will work out? And she comes, the mother of James and John comes to Jesus and said, can I ask you a question? Jesus said, go ahead and ask me. She said, can my sons, James and John, be sitting on your left hand and your right hand when you come into glory in your kingdom? And Jesus said, well, that's not mine to give, but the Father. Now, that's surely not humbling yourself. That's lifting up. Even the disciples struggled with this. And they said, I, I want to be the one that sits at the right hand of Jesus. I want to be the one that sits at the left hand of Jesus. And it even says that the other disciples were very upset and upset about this themselves. I don't know whether it was they were thinking, man, why didn't I think of that sooner? I should have come up with that one. You know, I don't know if that's what it was or not. But they were trying to elevate themselves. Now, in John chapter 13, Jesus gives a great example of what he's talking about. 
In John chapter 13, Jesus is having his last meal with the disciples. And when they finish, this is what he does. It says that he takes a towel and ties it around his waist and he gets a basin and he fills it with water. And one at a time, it says he kneels down and starts washing their feet. I know you know that story. He starts washing their feet. Now that was the position in place of a maybe a common slave or a household servant. But Jesus goes around and he pulls these up to one of them and he starts scrubbing their feet. And we know their feet would have probably been really dirty as they wore sandals and they were kicking up dust all the time. And he's cleaning their nails and he's cleaning their calluses and he's cleaning the bottom of their feet and he scrubs their feet in that basin of water and wipes it off with a towel. And then he goes to the next one and he goes all the way around to the 11 of them that are sitting there. If you know the story, when he comes to Peter, Peter is saying, oh Lord, you can't do this. They all know the position that Jesus has taken. He's like, Lord, you can't do this. And then Jesus tells him, if you don't let me do this, you have nothing with me. And he says, not only my feet, but my head also. You see, Jesus is giving this example. And let me read John 13. Let me read 12 through 17, because this is when he finished. Listen to what Jesus tells these disciples. He says, when he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should also do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Jesus is given a great example here of saying, I'm willing to humble myself and take the position of a servant. Take the position of maybe even a slave. And I will wash and scrub your nasty feet. And I want you to be the same type of person. I want you to humble yourself. And I want you to make yourself a servant because Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. He came to serve. And of course, we know the ultimate sacrifice he made when he died on the cross for us. So I say this in closing. You and I are not too good for any position, not too good for any job, not too good for any place in the church to serve. We're not too good. It's not beneath me or beneath you. No matter what it is, it's not beneath us. Jesus gave us a great example here of being a servant. And this is one of the things he leaves with his disciples as he's trying to leave them some great things on how to live. And if you were to read, I believe it's in the book called The Fox's uh, Book of Martyrs, you can read about the disciples. And of course, we know Judas... Uh, Iscariot was off. But if I've got it right from what I've read, there was 11 left. 10 of those 11, John was the only one that died more of natural causes. 10 of those men gave their life for Jesus Christ. They were like martyred. Somewhere in there, they got it. Somewhere in there, they said, I will be that servant. I'll even give my life, if need be, for my Savior. So Jesus Christ calls us today to be humble, to do the opposite of what the Pharisee said, to do the opposite of what the scribe says. He says, humble yourself and serve.
So today, I just want to say this. Are we humbling ourselves and serving? Now, I can serve without being humble. I can take a place and serve without being humble. I can do a job hoping that maybe somebody notices and, and they say, man, what a God, boy, look at Tommy. Look what he's doing. I can do that. I can do that. But what did we say? God knows in secret. God knows my heart. He knows if I'm doing it so that people will pat me on the back. And he also knows if I'm doing it because I love him and I love people. We're uh, trying to reach out to our community with an Easter egg hunt. I know it's just an Easter egg hunt. I remember doing it as a kid myself. First Easter egg hunt I did, every time I ran to an egg, somebody beat me to it and I ended up with nothing. I was 16 years old. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I do remember I was crying. I was about four or five, I guess. And they said, it's okay, honey. They gave me like four or five eggs to make me feel better, you know. But um, I know it's an Easter egg hunt, but it's so much more. It's loving people. We have no idea who's going to come. We don't know if we're going to have a hundred or a thousand. We don't know. But we're going to try to serve our community. And it's just an Easter egg hunt. But it's more than that. We're going to try to reach out and follow up with people to register their children. And we're going to try to be a blessing to them and invite them to church and invite them to know Jesus Christ, their Savior. And who knows? Who knows? Might, someone might get saved because of an Easter egg hunt. Just a simple Easter egg hunt that we throw eggs out on the ground and say, go. <laughs> and they go get them. But we meet mom and we meet dad and brothers and sisters and the kids. And we say, hey, it's an Easter egg hunt. But we want you to know that Jesus Christ loves you. And he cares about you and he died for you. And we love you too because he loves us and his love is in us. So that's one example. And there are many other examples where we can serve here at church with all the different ministries we got going. You can serve at your work, in your home, in your neighborhood. There's a million things that you and I can do to be humble and serve Jesus Christ. What did Jesus say? He says, you want to be the greatest? Then you put yourself in the position of being a servant. You want to be exalted? Then you put yourself in the position of being a servant because God knows your heart. God knows your heart. And the love of Jesus Christ is in you and you can love other people because you've got the love of Jesus Christ in you. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Thank you for listening so much today. As we have this time of response, I don't know how Jesus or God has spoken to your heart today, but I hope he's spoken to your heart. This isn't from me, it's from God's word. And uh, I hope that everything I said pleased him this morning. But as we sit here this morning, we just have a time here right now as music starts playing softly that we can, we can do business with God. Today we also have the opportunity, if you would like to pray with someone, you can because we have some counselors in the back if you'd like to pray with someone. We have uh, rooms back there where you can just go back there and pray by yourself if you want to. But we want to give you an opportunity as, as God has spoken in your heart today to do business with God. If you're here this morning and you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, just realize how much He loves you. We're two weeks from Easter where we celebrate the resurrection. 
But that resurrection came after Jesus died and paid for our sins. And if you've never trusted Jesus as your Savior this morning, He so much wants to forgive you of your sin and come into your heart and be your Savior. He loved you so much, He gave His life for you. For you, He loves you that much. And you could ask Jesus Christ in your heart this morning by just praying in your heart to the Lord. And praying a prayer something like this, Dear Lord, as I sit here in this seat right now, I realize that you died on the cross for me. You shed your blood to wash away my sin. And right now I accept you as my Savior and I accept your forgiveness for my sin. In Jesus' name. And you could pray something similar to that from your heart. God knows your heart that you're pouring it out to Him. God knows you're asking for forgiveness. If you would like to talk to someone, we would, our pastors will be down front. Like I said, we've got counselors in the back. We would love to just take a few minutes and walk you through that so that you know for sure that when you died, you would go to heaven because Jesus Christ, your Savior. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for being the great God that you are. And Lord, as we just took a few moments this morning and look at your word, and we see that the greatest servant of all, Lord, is you. The greatest example of a servant is you, Lord. And God, thank you for saving us and thank you for putting your love in us that we could love other people. Lord, help us to be humble. It's not easy, Lord, and we all battle this flesh we're in. We battle our pride. But Lord, help us to, to with your help to be humble and help us to serve you by serving other people. Help us to see other people the way you see other people, Lord, how much you love them. God, would you do a great work in our membership in our church? Lord, in the next couple of weeks as we're trying to reach out in our community, Lord, would you help us reach out? Would you already prepare hearts of people that are gonna come and bring their kids to an Easter egg hunt or maybe they're gonna come to a Thursday night meal and Lord, help us to show them the love of Jesus Christ. But Lord, I pray for those that do not know you as their savior. Lord, we pray for their soul this morning that we would be able to share the gospel with them and that they might trust you as their savior. Lord, please do what we can't do. Please draw people to yourself. So Lord, I pray you're working all of our hearts today. Lord, I pray again, if there's anyone that needs to be saved, they'll come down and let one of us in the back know or let one of the pastoral down the staff know or just tell someone that maybe they're with a friend today and they just say, I need to be saved. And Lord, we'd love to show them the gospel. Lord, bless us this week in all we do. Help us to be servants of Jesus Christ everywhere we go, at work, at home, at school, and everything we're gonna do this week. Lord, we pray for protection for these families and. Uh, Lord, we know we're still in this season where the virus is here, Lord, so please protect us in all of that. And Lord, thank you again for your love and all that you do for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.